You are listening to Press Church Podcast. Please enjoy this week's message. The title of my sermon today is called Entry Level. Entry Level. In the definition of entry level, specifically relating to a job, we've heard this before, as you get out of college, as you get out of high school, relating to or feeling a low-level job in which an employee gain, may gain experience or skills. On the website LinkedIn, how they define entry level is a type of job that typically requires minimal education, minimal training, and minimal experience. Now, usually with entry-level jobs, they're low pay with limited benefits, and you're trying to learn and adjust to the new role that you're in, the new uh, career that you're in, or the new company that you're in. But what I love about Christianity is that God allows you, as soon as you say yes to Jesus, as, you, as soon as you become saved, you don't get brought into an entry-level position where God's just going to say, well, let's test you out for a couple of weeks and see if this Christianity thing's really going to work in your life. No, no, no. As soon as you say yes to his son, it's no longer just some entry-level job of low benefits, low pay. God immediately gives you, in him, it says all promises of God are yes, and in him, amen. Yes, and amen means let it be, according to your word. God provides After you say yes in this Christianity, in this walk with Jesus, he doesn't just bring you in and tells you, figure it out, have fun, I'll come visit you in a couple of days. No, no, no. He provides on-the-job training by what I believe, and we'll see in the Scripture today, by providing you with illumination and giving you his mastery. The Scripture we're going to be focused on is Psalms 119.130. Psalms 119, 130 says the entrance, not the end, not after you've been there for 90 days, like an entry-level job, we'll finally give you benefits, we'll finally increase your pay, we'll give you some, maybe some vacation. No, no, no. The entrance of your words gives light. The entrance of your words give light, and it gives understanding to the simple The truth we're going to pull out of that is that God provides you illumination, and he gives you his mastery. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, we've heard this scripture before. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. This is Jesus speaking. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. If you're like me, you hate more than likely, job hunting. The idea of going out somewhere and going on an interview and trying to sell yourself to some people that you've never met before to let them know how good you are, how great you are, how you can save their company, how you can help them. And you have to go out there and search and build your resume and do all this stuff. But the beauty of Christianity is that Jesus comes to you. Adam sins God tries to figure out a way, and man can no longer get up to God, so therefore God makes the decision that he's going to send himself down to man, and he's going to save mankind. And he shows up 
at the door of your heart, knocking. It says in the Scriptures, how do I know what love looks like? I didn't love first because He is the one who actually loved first. For God so loved that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes on Him, the caveat is believing upon Him, that Jesus is coming to your door to do the interview, to give you this job, to give you access to His kingdom, to place you in His kingdom, to do a job, to do a purpose that He has for you and for me. And all you have to do is say yes, and then He provides the training going forward. The entrance of your words gives light. He provides you illumination. That word entrance in the original text means an opening, an unfolding, an entrance, a doorway, or a declaration. The opening of your word. You might be sitting here today and say, I haven't read my Bible in forever. It's been sitting on, on the desk. It's been, it's been sitting as an app on my phone. But the definition of entrance is the opening. The mere opening of the Word gives light. He's not waiting for you to read a whole chapter. He's not waiting on you to read a whole book. He's not waiting on you to go through the whole book in a year. He's not waiting on that. He says, as soon as you open the Word, light, manifestation, and revelation are available to you to help you in your situation. The opening, the unfolding, the entrance, the doorway of your Word gives light. In Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 through 3, God is speaking to the prophet Isaiah, and he says, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Verse 2 says, For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. It's not really exciting scriptures. But then it says, But the Lord will arise over you. And over me, which means no matter how dark this world gets, no matter how evil this world gets, no matter how much is happening out there, it says that the light of God is going to arise over me, and His glory will be seen upon you. In verse 3, it says, And the Gentiles shall come to your light. Praise God. Gentiles, you and me, bacon lovers, and the kings to the brightness of your rising. You see, we're drawn to the light of God, and as soon as you're drawn to His light, He provides the illumination. He's not trying to hide from you. He's not playing hide-and-seek. Remember in Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve were the ones playing hide-and-seek. Mankind was the one that was hiding from God when they sinned. God was looking for them. Where are you at? I want to talk with you. I want to tell you. I want to speak to you. I want to encourage you. I want to love you. But it's mankind who continually hides and runs away. But it says here that the Gentiles are drawn to the light. And then once that light illuminates in our lives, we get to decide how much access we want that light to shine upon us. Here in church, chances are we would all stand up and say, amen, yes, I want God to shine His light on all aspects of my life. But in the secret, in the quiet place, there's a pain deep inside your soul that you still haven't let the light shine and heal. There's a wound. There's a memory 
There's a pain that we all say, yes, we want God to shine his light in our lives. We want him to illuminate all things, but we have to be the one that allows access to him, that will allow him access in certain areas, but the ones that are embarrassing, the ones that are painful, the ones that we may or may not enjoy too much, oh, we'll hold back the light. Say, no, 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 I don't want you to come into this area of my life. I'm not ready to give this up. I told y'all a couple of weeks ago, last month we had uh, a major, major ant infestation in our house. Uh, we went to bed on a Friday night, and Saturday morning we woke up, and there were hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, that we couldn't see ants. We saw some in our bathroom, and I thought, well, that's interesting. And my wife said, hey, we've got some ants in the bathroom. I said, I can deal with that. So then I got up and went into the closet to get dressed so I could deal with the ants in the bathroom. And there were more ants in our closet than there were in the bathroom. And from Saturday to Sunday to Monday to Tuesday, we had to wait for the ant guy, the bug guy, to come to our house. And so we're spraying all kind of stuff. We're doing all kind of things to try and figure out. They're in our daughter's room. They're in our, uh, our son's room. And they're just traveling through our house. No matter how much we try and kill them, we vacuum them up. We curse them to hell. We do all these things. They just keep showing up. And then the bug guy showed up on Tuesday or Wednesday whenever he did. And wouldn't it be dumb of me, wouldn't it be silly of me if I told the bug guy, listen, I don't want you to go into my closet. I've got a lot of stuff that's, that's secret in there. My clothes are in there. My underwear are in there. I don't want you to go in, in the closet. I don't want you to go into the bathroom. The bathroom's kind of yucky. We've got stuff in there. You can go into this main room right here. You can come into the living room, and, and, and you can go into the kitchen and the washroom. You can definitely go in the washroom, but I don't want to give you access to anywhere else in my house. No, that, that's not, that makes no sense at all. As soon as the bug guy came in, because he's the one that had the answers, he's the one that had the fix. I said, you can go anywhere in the house. You can go up in the, in the attic. You can go under my house. You can go, I'll move the clothes. I'll show you where to go. You can go under my bed. You can look anywhere that you need. You can have full access to get rid of every demonic ant that is crawling in my house. Somehow, when it comes to God and allowing Him access in our lives, those ants that are crawling in your soul, in your mind, your will, your emotions, those memories, those pains, those hurts, those unforgiving moments, we tell God, no, I don't want you to go in there. And He's saying, no, 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 let me in there. Just give me entrance. Just let me get to the doorway. Just open it up and let me unfold my light. Because where light is, darkness cannot stay. In John chapter 8, Jesus is speaking. John chapter 8, verse 12. Then Jesus spoke to them. He's talking to the disciples. He's talking to the people that are around him, saying, I am the light of the world. He or she who follows me shall not, shall not, shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Jesus says, I am the light of the world, and anyone who follows me, they're not 
going to walk in darkness. If you're having trouble walking in darkness, if you're having trouble dealing with the same sin, the same insecurity, the same frustration, the same doubt, the same unbelief, then it's time to open up and let God give illumination to that situation, to that moment, to that thing in your life, because it says wherever we're following Jesus, He is light, and therefore no darkness can follow. And if I'm following Jesus, then I'm only following Him in the light. You see, Jesus, if we're staying in line with this understanding of this entry-level job, Jesus is being the greatest leader. He's being the greatest manager, the greatest CEO, the greatest boss, and he's showing us how to walk on this earth. He's showing us the path to lead a successful life here on earth, to walk in victory over the earth, to walk in victory over the devil. Everywhere that Jesus went, the devil fleed. Everywhere that Jesus went, situations changed. If there was death, life was brought. If there were storms, peace was made still. If there was lack, all of a sudden there was abundance. Everywhere Jesus went on his journey through life, he was showing us as the greatest manager of all time, showing us that if you follow me, then darkness cannot be around you. Darkness leaving and fleeing your house, leaving and fleeing your mind, leaving and fleeing your relationships That anywhere that there's lack, following Jesus, there's abundance. Anywhere where there's death, Jesus can bring restoration, life to that moment. He says, I am the light of the world. But look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 and 16. Jesus is speaking, and he's talking to uh, a group of people. He's preaching a message, and he says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. In verse 15, it says, Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. In verse 16, it says, The reason why you are the light of the world, the reason you should be the light of the world, let your light so shine before humanity so that they may see your good works, and they don't glorify you. Well, goodness, Jeremiah is such a good guy. He is so holy. He is so amazing. No, no, no. It's not that they glorify me. It's not that they glorify you. But what they do is because they see your light shining and it's changing the atmosphere, it's changing the situation, it says that they see your good works and immediately their response is to glorify their God in heaven. And said, if he works in your life, then I need him to work in my life. I need the illumination of your light in my life. You see, Jesus then, as the great boss and leader, expects you to follow in his footsteps. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And then in Matthew chapter 5, he tells not only his disciples, but the people who are there around him listening to him preach, he says, you are the light of the world. He should have given them another title. You are the 50-50 light of the world. I'm the light of the world. I'm the head honcho. 
but he gives the people, the same people who doubted him, the same people who want to crucify him, the same people who wanted to make him king, the same people who were there just to get a miracle, sign and wonder, the same people who are like, I don't know who this guy is. Isn't he the, uh, the, the son of a carpenter? Isn't he a nobody? He tells them, humanity, you are the light of the world. The same title that I have, I give to you. And he expects you to use it like the same way that he used it. He expects you to help bring and teach people how to receive the same illumination that you received. Jesus calls you and gives you the same title that he has with the expectation that you use it. He says, I am the light of the world, and he shows you how he is that light, and then he goes and tells you that you are that same light. You have the same ability to shine like Jesus in front of your family, in front of your spouse, in front of your children, in front of your coworkers, in front of random people at the grocery store or the gas station, that you have the opportunity to shine your light just like him. And when they see that light, they don't say, look how cool you are. They throw their hands up and they glorify their Father in heaven. And if we're staying in line in regards to the job, it's awesome that God even has a retirement plan for you. He brings you in at the entry level. He gives you the same title that he gives himself, and he even has a plan to illuminate you in retirement. Look at Re- Revelations chapter 3, uh, not Revelations 3, what did I do? Revelations 21, I believe. Yeah, there we go. But I saw no temple. Now, John is having this revelation. He's seeing the new heaven and the new earth, and he's seeing the new Jerusalem on the new earth. And he's saying, but I saw no temple in the new Jerusalem, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. Praise God. Can't wait for that day. Come soon. Verse 23 says, the city had no need of sun or the moon to shine in it. For the glory of God, praise God, illuminated, and the Lamb is its light. Even in our retirement plan of going to heaven, God is still illuminating you. God is still making a way to shine His light upon you. Whether you're here on earth, whether you're up in heaven, or whether we're in the new heaven and the new earth for all of eternity, He is still illuminating us with his light. Praise God. There's a a famous set of books that you've probably read as a kid called the Chronicles of Narnia. And the most famous book of the Chronicles of Narnia is The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And the premise of the book, I encourage you to read it no matter how old you are, to fall back into this beautiful fantasy land that this man created. What was his name? Who wrote it? C.S. Lewis, there it is. And the premise of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is there are four siblings, two brothers, two sisters, and they get sent away to this mansion in England during World War II because their parents are fighting and they're trying to protect them out of London. And like kids, they're in this huge mansion, they're bored, and they start playing games. And they decide to play hide-and-seek And when they decide to play hide-and-seek, throughout the whole story, you can read the whole story. I'm just giving you the high-level notes. They see a wardrobe in a room, and they decide to go hide in this wardrobe. And they open the doors to go into this coat closet. And as soon as they open the door, they walk into a brand-new world. 
a world that is full of adventure, that's full of these different creatures, that are full of, of, of this beautiful land that's going on. And at the end, as they go through the story, they find out that they're kings and queens of this land. Now, if they would have stayed outside of that open door, if they would have stayed in the mansion, then they would have just been two boys and two girls who are another group of kids who had potentially lost their parents during World War II, but because they decided to open the door, because they decided to step in to this new experience, they experienced an adventure that they never would have experienced. They experienced and became something that they never could have become except when they walked through those doors. The Scripture says the entrance of your word gives light. The entrance of his word gives light and provides illumination to your life. The entrance is an opening, an unfolding, and a declaration of leaving behind a former life and walking into a new adventure with God. Today, I want to encourage you to give him access to all areas of your life so that he can provide illumination of his word and remove the darkness from all access in all areas of your life. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8, Paul is writing to the Gentiles, and he says, For you were once darkness, but now, but now you are light in the Lord. And this is what he encourages you to do. Walk as children of the light. Walk as children of the light. I know it's hard in this world to avoid darkness. Everywhere you go, it seems to be getting darker. It seems to be getting evil. It seems to be all of these things. But he tells us, walk as children of the light. That everywhere I go, I walk with the mindset and with the spiritual fortitude, with the Holy Spirit inside of me, that it says in the Scriptures that everywhere I go, I'm releasing the fragrance of the knowledge of Christ everywhere I go. So when I walk in, the situation changes. Darkness must flee because I am a child of light. You once were in darkness. You might say, but I'm still struggling in this. I'm still failing in this area. I'm still having issues in this area. I understand that. But you have to understand that that once was before you walked through the doors of Christianity. You once were that. But that's not your identity anymore. That's not who you are. You might have dealt with that, and you might be dealing with it now, but it has no hold on you because you are a child of the light. And where there is light, darkness must flee, it says in John chapter 1. Psalms 119, 130 says, The entrance of your word gives light, provides illumination. And then the second part of verse 130 says, It gives understanding to the simple. God gives you his illumination, and he's also giving you his mastery. Aren't you glad that the word here says that he gives understanding to the simple? He doesn't say he gives it to the richest. He doesn't say he gives it to the smartest or the wisest or the most powerful or the prettiest. He says he gives it to the simple. And as a simple Little Cajun boy from Louisiana, I say amen to this scripture every time. He could have given it to the biggest, bestest, strongest, boldest out there. But he says he gives understanding to the simple, to the simple. Psalms 116 verse 6 
It says the Lord preserves the simple. Thank you, Father. I was brought low, not by him, but I was brought low. And even though I went low, he saved me. No matter how low you go in your life, he's always willing to save you. Anyone at any time who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You might feel like you're so far away from God. You might feel like you've been running from God. You might feel and even think that God's hiding from you. But I want you to know that no matter how low you think you are today, He is still willing to save you because He preserves the simple. He gives understanding. He gives wisdom. He gives knowledge to the simple. And He wants to give that to you today. He wants to provide you with His mastery. You see, throughout history, we have the three greatest bosses that are teaching us how to be successful in this life, how to walk in this world. And they're not trying to hide their truth or their success from us, but they're freely giving it to us so that we can master our own lives and then go out and help other people master their lives by following the truths from God. Look in Psalms 32, verse 8. This is God speaking through the writer, probably King David, and God is saying, I will instruct and teach you in the way that you should go. I will guide you with my eye. God could have done one of those things, and that would have been nice. I will guide you with my eye. Do you know how much stuff God's eyes have to be seeing? The whole universe expanding, all of the planets, all of the nations the seven billion people that are on the earth, and he says, I will guide you with my eye. That would have been pretty great. Thanks, God. But that is not who our God is. Our God is an abundant God, and he doesn't do the bare minimum. He does more than enough. He says, I'll instruct you. I'll teach you. I'll show you. And I'll teach you in the way that you should go. I'll instruct you. Whenever we were bought our house out here, couple years back, and we had to do some updates to it. My father-in-law is a man who can do anything and build anything. And as we were in that house, I didn't know how to do anything. I more so knew how to hand him the hammer. This one, I barely knew how to hand him tools. He would say, give me this, and I'd be digging in the bag being like, God, please illuminate my eyes to see what type of wrench he's asking for. But not only did he just show me, he instructed me. He taught me. He showed me. We were fixing this wall last week on the other side. If you haven't had a chance, go in there and look at the new floors. No more dirty, dirty, I mean dirty carpet. When we pulled that carpet up, I mean dirty carpet. (laughs) It was amazing how much dirt was under there. I was praying healing over my son and over Teddy, who used to wrestle and rub their face in that carpet. Uh, And we've got the floors done, and and the the other side of the wall was wide open. And uh, and so Mr. Jim sheetrocked it. Thank you, sir, for all the hard work he did Sunday after church. And uh, and while we were, yes, absolutely. And while we were doing that, we came back up here, I think, on Monday, and we had to mud and, and sand the wall. And I think we still have to do a little more work to it. And, uh, and so he was showing me how to mud. And then halfway, he did like one little thing. And he says, well, do you want to do it? 
And I was like, uh, yeah, I guess. I'm pretty sure I'll mess it up. But he showed me. He instructed me. He came, and he, he got his hands dirty, and he showed me how to do it, and then watched me and followed me as I did it. You see, Jesus showed up here on this earth, not just to show you and then leave, but he instructed you. With the disciples, he showed them. Remember when he fed the 5,000? He says, they said, well, we need to feed them. And he says, you feed them. And I was like, ah, I don't have any food. He says, what do you have? So a couple loaves of fish, a couple loaves of bread, a couple fish. He said, all right, give it here. He prays and gives thanks, and he gives it to the disciples. And the disciples are the ones who do the miracle. Go back and read it. It says the disciples are the ones that were doing it. They were tearing the bread, and the bread was growing back in their hand. They were breaking off the fish and handing it, and there was another fish. That they were seeing the miracle happen, that Jesus was instructing them over and over. He, wasn't, he would do it for them, and then he said, you go out and you do it now. And it's the same thing that he's doing. He's showing you, he's teaching you, he's instructing you. God does it in Psalms 32. Jesus shows us in Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. And Jesus went about all of Galilee teaching. He's out there teaching the people how to do it in the synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases among the people. So God's teaching, Jesus is teaching. Last but not least, the Holy Spirit, 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. But the anointing which you have received from him, praise God, thank you for that gift, abides in you. No longer is it on the outside. No longer is it somewhere you have to go to get the teaching. Now the teaching is inside of you. The Holy Spirit is inside of you, abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things... At any moment, at any time. You see, some people use this scripture as a way to not go to church or not listen to a pastor. Well, I've got the Holy Spirit, so I don't need to go to church. He'll teach me everything. No, that's not what it means. Calm down. Get off your high horse and come to church. It's when you're in a situation in life where the pastor's not there and there's nobody else around and you don't know what to do, the Holy Spirit is inside of you and you can say, God, help me. And he'll speak to you and give you the answer and lead you and guide you into all truth to help you in that situation. But if the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie, and just as it was taught you, you will abide in him. I'm a big fan of YouTube. And if you are a man or a woman who don't know how to do something, you're probably a big fan of YouTube as well. Because... You can search anything on YouTube, and there are professional plumbers, professional electricians, professional mechanics, professional painters, professional cooks and chefs, professional anything, and you can search it, and they'll show you how to do it, how to work a soundboard, how to work an Apple computer, how to work a coffee machine, how to work a car, that if I don't know how to do something, I can go to YouTube, type it in, and more than likely find a video and watch that video. And what's interesting is the people who are giving the video, they don't try and hide things from me. Oh, your coffee machine doesn't work? Well, good luck. Hopefully you figure it out in video. No, that's not how it works. They say, well, let me show you the parts of the coffee machine. And as you're watching this video and you're looking at the coffee machine, they start pulling out pieces. Well, here's this and here's that. And you can unscrew this. And I bet you didn't know 
that there were some screws back here that would open up the back panel. And you can see this and you can see that. Because these masters of their craft in YouTube, they don't hide it from you. They show it to you. They pull out the pieces. They zoom in. They show you around here and around there. They bring out the new pieces. This is how you put it in. This is how you take it out. They aren't trying to hide anything from you. They're trying to show you everything that they have to help you in your situation. Last year, I had to buy um, brand new lights for the back of my truck. I went to the car wash. I bought Miss Karen's father's truck from him, and I got this new truck. It had been sitting in the garage for all these years, and I took it to the car wash in Aiken, vacuumed it out, cleaned it up, and I said, look what the Lord has done for me. And I start driving home after washing it, and there's a guy in a truck next to me at a stoplight, and he's flagging me down. He's waving at me, and I'm waving to him. I'm like, I just moved here. I don't know anybody. How are you, brother? God bless you. Pastor of a church, come visit me. And he's rolling down his window, and I rolled down my window, and I said, hey, how are you? And he goes, the back light on your passenger side is hanging off of your truck by a wire. It's like dragging on the street. And I was like, huh, thank you. Thank you for that, sir. God, God bless you. So I pulled into the mall parking lot in Aiken, and sure enough, one of the uh, the bolts, uh, was, it's a plastic piece, broke off, and the whole light fell. And there was just the brake light that was holding on to this whole unit that was just hanging off my truck, dragging. I thought I was showing off my truck, and he was honking like, I love your truck. It's beautiful. It's falling apart. So I went to Rock Auto website, and I bought these lights. And I said, I'm going to be a man, and I'm going I'm to change these lights myself. This whole plastic piece. And if I got one, I might as well change the other. And I crawled under the car, and I looked up, and I said, I'm in trouble. I don't know what any of this is. There were extra pieces everywhere. And I went to YouTube, typed in my make and model, and I watched this guy as he started showing me how to take this off, unscrew this, unscrew that, unplug this, unplug that, and then do it twice, and you'll be done in less than 30 minutes. And what could have taken me hours, and I potentially could have broken a ton of things, because I watched this video and he showed me step by step, piece by piece, he helped me and I went through this situation that I could have freaked out about in an easy, easy thing. God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit want to give you freely all that they know to help you at your entry-level experience with Christianity. They want you to master what they have for you by using your faith. And God wants to provide you with the answers at whatever level you are to help you in your future and your situation. The last scripture I have, and I'm finishing with this, is Ephesians chapter 4, verses 20 through 24. We're going to see both things in this passage. But you have not so learned Christ, verse 21, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth as in, is in Jesus. There's so many things out in the world that are telling you what their truth is. The truth that you need in life is only found in one place, and that's in Jesus. The truth is in Jesus. Boy, is that scripture and that phrase right there ever more important. Verse 22, 
says that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, verse 23, and be renewed, be renewed, be renewed. How are you renewed? By, the, by God giving you illumination, the spirit of your mind. In verse 24, that you put on the new man, you step into the entrance of the word that gives light, which was created according to God in true righteousness, in true holiness. Say yes to the entry-level job today that Jesus is providing for you for free. You already have the job. You just have to believe and say yes. And once you say yes, God will provide the illumination to your life, and he will give you the access to all of his mastery notes so that you can be successful light of the world everywhere you go. The entrance of his word gives light. And the Word gives understanding to the simple. Let Him give you illumination to your life. Open up and allow access of the areas of your life that you don't want to show Him because He wants to come in and heal those areas. And then listen to Him. Read His Word because He wants to give you the answers and the notes that you need to be successful in this life going forward so that you can help others. Amen. Let's stand up as we get ready to go. Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank you that your word will not return void. Father, I thank you that even if they came in here with a heavy heart, Father, that they leave today refreshed and strengthened because of your word. Father, I ask that today they make the decision to open up your word and be illuminated, to be given light into a darkness in their lives. That darkness flees, that fear flees, that anxiety leaves, that stress leaves because your light shines and illuminates upon them. And Father, I thank you that you're not trying to hide anything. You're not trying uh, to conceal anything, but you are openly trying to teach us and you're openly trying to give us your mastery notes through your word and through your Holy Spirit, teaching us and showing us how we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, that we don't have to deal with the same situation over and over and over again, but that you can help us overcome anything in all things. So, Father, I thank you for these people today. I thank you that they have the mind of Christ. I thank you that they are blessed and highly favored. I thank you that everything they put their hands to must prosper. I thank you that they are healed by the stripes of Jesus. Father, I thank you that greater are you that's in them than anything that comes against them in the world. Father, I thank you that they are the salt and light of the earth. I thank you that they are a city set on a hill. I thank you that they are going out and diffusing the fragrance of the knowledge everywhere they go. I thank you that you've given them the victory. I thank you that you've caused them to be triumph in everything. I thank you that no evil shall befall them. I thank you that nothing can come against them in their household. Father, I thank you that you sent your word and it healed them and protected them from all destruction. And I thank you that we have been strengthened by your word today. Use us this week to tell somebody about you and your gospel message. Now, Father, bless them, protect them, and cause them to prosper in everything they do and bring them back safely next Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you all next Sunday, family. Take care. Thank you for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC and have a great week.